listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, today I have Jessica Boshin with me, and she is a teacher, a mama, and always a learner. She has taught K through five grades for 16 years, been an instructional coach and a curriculum developer. She has resources for teachers to use in their classroom across the world, and she blogs at whatihavelearnedteaching.com. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you for having me, Kate. You betcha. I'm so excited to talk to you. And the reason that I invited Jessica on today was because she has been using promoted pins in a really creative way to promote her store on Teachers Pay Teachers. And we had met at Social Media Marketing World, and I loved listening to the way that she had structured her um, not only her Pinterest page, but her promoted pin strategy and found it really interesting. And as we all know these days, promoted pins is changing really fast. It seems really confusing. And to be able to learn from someone who is just um, still learning themselves, but has kind of developed a little bit of a system is always helpful. So I brought Jessica on to um, tell us a little bit more about her story with that, but also how it's connected to Teachers Pay Teachers. So let's back up a little bit, Jessica, to even when you first started using Pinterest. Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. I probably first started using Pinterest personally um, in 2005 or 2006. And I was a quilter back then and um, just pinned, you know, visual images of different patterns and things that I liked and used it just personally for a number of years. And then in, uh, let's see, 2012, created um, or started using it for business. And when business accounts came out, uh, transferred over to a business account. And when promoted pins came out, started using those and just, it's a lot of experimentation here and there. It really is. And did you take your personal account that, that had a lot of quilting and crafting and how did you, or did you merge it into more business teaching? I did not. I created a separate account for the business. And so I actually have two Pinterest accounts, one for personal stuff and one for business. Um, unfortunately, I don't actually use the personal one very much anymore. It's, um, right. I don't know when the last time was I logged into it, but it's still there. Um, and then the business one, I think was a regular Pinterest account until uh, they created the business accounts. Okay. And do you, do you still use that business account a little bit personally by having like secret boards and stuff? Sometimes, yeah. So I do have a few secret boards on it for like house stuff and whatnot. Um, and instead of logging into my personal account, it's just easier to create secret boards and have one account. And did you, um, when you created this new business account just for um, the teaching and those kind of products, did you um, did you keep it really pure teaching? Like, is it a hundred percent teaching, or did you kind of branch out a little bit? into maybe what the lifestyle of the person buying the products might be like? How did you kind of decide where to take it? It's probably about 98% teaching, and most of the boards on there have to do with um, early elementary teaching, classroom management, um, how to teach math, reading, all that kind of stuff. I do have a board that is about teacher life, which is more um, just you know, how to deal with life as a teacher in terms of stress management or um, creating the life you want as a teacher with exercise or all that kind of stuff. And I also have a recipe board that I've put stuff up there um, because sometimes uh, 
I don't know, cooking as a teacher is, is really hard because you're mm-hmm. keep going and going and going. So I do have that as well. And it can be non-teacher related posts or uh, pins that are on there because they're cooking related. Right. But mostly 98% yeah. teaching. Okay. So let's talk a little bit then about um, teachers pay teachers, because I know that I was pretty unfamiliar with it until this last year. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us what uh, about it and then how it's integrated for you? Yeah. So Teachers Pay Teachers is a website where um, teachers and um, anyone really can sell teaching resources on it. So it's basically a site similar to Etsy, but uh, for teachers. And it's very popular in the teaching community. And you basically upload your resources to it, um, set a price, put a description in there, and people can go on the website, uh, download the resources and um, use them in their classrooms. Okay. So did you get started first with the blog or Teachers Pay Teachers? Kind of both at the same time. I had um, a blog when I was doing quilting and knitting and stuff like that um, back in 2005, 2006. So blogging wasn't unfamiliar to me. I just um, created a new blog for my teaching business or my business for creating teaching resources in 2012 when I started doing that. So um, I kind of did them both at the same time. Oh, okay. Got it. So you integrated them pretty quickly. There wasn't yeah. really a lag time. It was kind of like right away. Mm-hmm. So then what was your aha moment kind of your, when you saw the potential that Pinterest could be to not only your website, but your products with Teachers Pay Teachers? Yeah, I don't know if there was really an aha moment. Having used Pinterest in the past for visual um I don't know, visual products or visual things, I kind of knew the power of it. And it was just a matter of creating the right images that describe the product and show the product visually to get people to um, click through to um, purchase the product eventually or find out more details if you have a blog post with it. Um, So I'm not sure if there was an aha moment per se. Um, I really think it is important to have a blog that supports um, the work that you do with Teachers Pay Teachers or the work that you do if on any third-party website um, and have that as your sort of home base. Um, and that's something I've really uh, strived to create over the past basically two and a half years maybe is creating that sort of home base where everything funnels into Yeah, I agree with you because that's also, you know, sometimes these third party platforms can feel a little bit sterile. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, there's not that personality that you can add to it. Whereas with a blog, you really get that ability for them to kind of connect with you and get to know you more and get them on your email list, which I'm assuming that's an important part of this process for you as well. Correct? Definitely. Yeah. My email list is also pretty integral in my business and it's, it goes back to the blog too, or the website and being able to um, bring people back to the website and back to other resources. And so it's kind of that central hub with everything. And Pinterest plays into it because it's the visual component of it and being able to just show people some of the resources in action or um, show them how to do the resources. So, Yeah. And the key that you said there too with the visual and the images is um, a lot of people who do have their products hosted on third-party sites will continue just to pin that image. Mm -hmm. And what you've done is you've created a separate pinnable image for Pinterest and uploaded Mm -hmm. that directly. Um, When did you start doing that and – What kind of tips would you give to somebody who is also doing teachers pay teachers and maybe they're struggling with images? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know when I started doing it. Probably, 
probably about the time that I moved over from Blogger to WordPress, which would have been about a year and a half to two years ago, maybe a little bit before then in terms of timing. And um, it is really important to have a pinnable image for your blog post, just a main one. But I'd also, especially in our teaching world where you want to show resources in different ways, I often have other pins with or other photos within the blog posts that are also pinnable. And so um, people can pin and I can pin a variety of images. Um, and just some tips for those. One of the main things is to make sure you have either your website or a logo on there that's pretty consistent. I put my uh, web URL down at the bottom um, and it looks the same on all of my pins. Um, and then just making sure that it's a visually appealing pin, that it's a vertical pin, that there's not too much going on in it that uh, is too distracting, but it definitely shows a picture of what you're trying to describe. Yeah, that's one of the things I've seen quite a bit is people use too many pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Pinterest recommends no more than four. Um, I have seen some with a little bit more work well, but I would say I agree with you, like those clear, cleaner images kind of really showing what they're going to get is important because then you can sell the value of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, And so a quick question about what's your best method, it would be, do you find that you pin often from pin more often from your website or that you're more likely to upload an image that leads directly to teachers pay teachers or would there be kind of a 50-50 split of both? When I first started, I would link directly to teachers pay teachers because that's where I make most of my sales and it's kind of where I eventually want the buyer to end up. And I've gotten a little bit smarter along the way and have started to create blog posts that go in depth about products or go in depth about concepts. And so I am actually preferring to pin from the blog post now, um, whether I upload an image and link to it or I pin straight from the blog post. Either way, it gets you to the same place. Um, but the blog post becomes that central place where I lead people. And um, part of that is just to build audiences too and be able to... Um, bring people back to my website continually and let that be that central place. So uh, can you talk a little bit about maybe an example that you have that's worked really, really well for you, maybe a topic or something like that, that you now get a lot of Pinterest traffic to the blog post that leads to product sales? Yeah, definitely. So um, one of the more popular product lines that I have is about goal setting and smart goal setting in particular. And so I have a blog post. um, I've got a couple different blog posts, but one of the main ones that I use um, has definitely a pinnable image in it. And then it has um, some other images that um, go along with how to do goal setting with students and how to help them set behavior goals at the beginning of the year. And it also has a, um, a piece of the product available for free and um, that, you, that you can use in your classroom. So it's an email opt-in as well. And that's one of my more popular blog posts. And it leads to the product line, which is all about the goal setting portfolios and data portfolios. That's really smart, especially to, it's like you've got the perfect optimized post there. Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, are you attracting email customers, but you're potentially getting them into a place where you can, you know, email signups, not customers, mm-hmm. but email signups with a potential of them becoming a customer of a product later, mm-hmm. which is really smart to do that. 
Now, one of the things is that this blog post is um, more related about how to use goal study in the classroom. And then I have a separate blog post that really goes in depth about the product itself. So there's kind of two different levels to it, but they both, um, I guess, lead to purchasing that product. And is Pinterest your highest referring social traffic? It is. It's about 90% of my traffic at this point. Wow, that is awesome. Okay. And so on your site too, it's you're just promoting your products. Like there's no ads or it's really just funneling them as best you can into purchasing what you Correct. have or signing up for your email. Yep. Okay. So then now that you're getting 90% of your traffic from Pinterest, you've got these good systems set up. When did you dive into promoted pins and see them as a really valuable tool for your products? I signed up for promoted pins when we were first able to, and I think it was December, January, a couple years ago. Um, and I got on their beta testing list and um, got started right away with it. And I've done a couple different things with promoted pins, but it's mainly advertising products. Um, it used to be in the old days with Pinterest, you would pin a whole bunch of products and you would um, put them all out to the collaborative boards and people would look on there because of the smart feed wasn't there yet and it would be all in order. Um, and so people would be attracted to those pins. And so um, product pins kind of dominated Pinterest. And that's changed in recent years with the smart feed and um, product pins aren't necessarily they're there, but I don't pin them as often as I do just really good content. Okay. And so I use promoted pins a lot for my products. Okay. And would you use a promoted pin on the example we just talked about with the blog post, mm -hmm. you know, trying to generate leads there? Is that one that you've promoted? Yes, it is. Okay. So when you first started with promoted pins, and one of the things that we've seen recently is um, the platform has added so many new features and mm -hmm. people find it really confusing and they don't know where to start. And there really isn't a lot of good definitive information on that on the platform like we would find with Facebook ads. I feel like people have really refined their Facebook ad strategy and there's a bunch of stuff you can learn from. But when it comes to promoted pins, it's still so it's so confusing. And I know you and I have had a conversation yeah. about this just recently, too, with the introduction of interests and audience targeting and keywords. And it's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. So when you first started, how did you overcome that, ah, what am I doing kind of feeling? I think for me, one of my... Um I don't know, tenants in life is to start small with something and then build up something bigger. So I always start as small as I can, as small as I'm able to. Originally, it was a five cents cost per click, and then uh, Pinterest raised the bar to 10 cents cost per click. But I always start there and then um, do a low daily um, budget and then figure out what's working, what's not working, adjust as needed. Um, I make sure to include a lot of keywords in it. Uh, now we've got a few more options in terms of targeting, so I'll play around with that a little bit. And part of it's also just getting to know your audience. I mean, I sell to teachers. They're mainly female, um, and they're mainly within a certain age group. They're all across the U.S., but um, you can kind of narrow your targeting down a little bit with um, different ways to focus in a little bit, depending on where your audience is. And I think that's a really big key to anybody who's going to jump into promoted pins is to really 
know your audience mm-hmm. and that will help you target with those keywords and in a re- another podcast I did with Mary from Pinterest, she had said around 40 keywords was a good number. And um, that if you know your audience, you can pick these specific keywords or maybe even publications they like or any number of things. And so what's your, you know, without keeping track of all these keywords, do you have a method? Like, do you keep them all in an Excel sheet or somewhere to where you don't have to reinvent the wheel each time? Yeah, I actually do keep them in an Excel sheet and I keep them by, um, I guess, subject area in a way or grade level. Um, I sort them out by math or by reading or um, social studies or science or back to school or I've got different groupings of keyword sets. Um, And then I also try and vary my keywords as much as I can um, within the different lists. So if I have like comprehension strategies or comprehension strategies for first grade, those type of things where um, just try and showing up as much as possible. Okay. That's smart too. I need to do that more with mine even. So that's a good tip. Um, One of the things that a lot of people have a question about is CPC. Mm -hmm. And that again is still all over the map. I know that Pinterest, when you go into the ads manager, will give you um, what they think a good bid is. Mm-hmm. And obviously 10 cents is always going to come up as low. So how did you come up with the 10 cents? And then also on top of that, how did you decide on an overall budget for your advertising as it fit your business? What advice would you give someone who is trying to decide how much to spend overall each month on promoted pins? So in my business, I have a lot of resources that are low cost. So there's not very many that are very high cost. So I have to make sure that my advertising with falls within an acceptable range for the amount that I'm actually making off of those specific products. And in general, I try for about 10, um, 10%, sometimes 20%, uh, sometimes less, but I try not to spend more than 20% in advertising on a specific product advertising it. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally does. It's a really good gauge for people because I think sometimes we can look at Pinterest and say, okay, I'm going to send, spend 10 cents CPC on something, you know, I'm going to run it for five or eight dollars a day or whatever over a month. And then you forget to add that up and look at it. You just think of the 10 cents, five dollars. And then who knows if you've blown your advertising budget or not. So, mm-hmm giving it um, that 20% of what you're selling is really, really good. Now you have to look at that all the time. So it's not something you can necessarily set one time. You have got to make sure that the um, the promotions from Pinterest or anything that you're doing actually translates into sales. So it's definitely something I revisit um, on a continual basis with it. So that's a really good point. How often would you say that um, – I know with promoted pins in general, you have to revisit them to see if they're working. Mm -hmm. That's a really good thing for people never to walk away and set it and forget it. Um, How often would you say you revisit? Because um, we haven't talked about this, but you set yours for a long period of time. It's kind of ongoing. Is that correct? correct? Mm -hmm. Most of mine are ongoing. So then how often do you loop back around to take an account of what's happening? 
So at the beginning of this year, I was actually looking at it daily where I would um, look at my sales data daily and look at the promoted pins daily um, and then figure out whether things were within range or not and then adjust accordingly. And for the most part, it was pretty consistent um, and I didn't have to make many adjustments. I have started, I think that Pinterest has changed things recently to where um, I can look more long range. Mm -hmm. So I've started looking... um, either at a week's data or sometimes half a month's worth of data, um, and then uh, making adjustments from that. Okay. So how many pins do you have running at the same time? How many promoted pins? Right now I have 11. Um, I will do a variety of mounts, but I tend to keep it around 10 to 15, sometimes a little lower. And then during like holidays and breaks and stuff, I lower it even more. Okay. Um, And if... If I'm a new promoted pin person and I am going to start out, would you recommend I start out with just one or maybe two with just different images? Do you change up the images to see how the images do? Or are you really just evaluating, you know, the um, more the data portion of it, the keywords, the targeting? So that was kind of two questions there. So one, (laughs) so one, let's go back to that first one. Would you recommend doing two to begin with so you can compare? And then um, how do you do that? What beyond keywords, what's your comparison? So if you're just starting with uh, promoted pins, I would recommend just doing one pin and um, take your best selling product or your most popular blog post and promoting that and then seeing what kind of return you're getting off of that promotion. And I would just start small, just start with one and then figure out whether it's been effective for you and then start adjusting things from there. Um, Since I've been doing promoted pins for a couple years now, I now tend to promote more than one image at a time um, to see what resonates with people. So if a blog post has three or four different images and they will all, they're all visually um, good Pinterest images in terms of being vertical and all that kind of stuff. I will tend to promote more than one of those um, in addition to the main blog post image um, just to see what um, resonates with different people. And I will um, generally use the same targeting with each of those so that I can see which image kind of wins out with people um, okay. and then narrow it down from there. I think that's a really smart use of it too, because if you, if you change up too many different factors, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're changing the image and then everything else has changed, you really can't A-B test. Mm -hmm. And so keeping those, the parameters of the keywords and the targeting the same, but just changing the images will really give you good feedback as to whether or not they perform well or which one performs well. Um, would you, and you're always doing traffic campaigns, correct? You're not doing engagement. Okay. That's one thing we didn't clarify in the beginning because I know a lot of people have questions about traffic versus engagement. And I know I always suggest traffic Mm -hmm. um, because you don't really get a lot out of engagement at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you tested audience um, audience targeting yet, which for those that aren't familiar with it, audience targeting is where you can, um, target people on your email list or a specific list. Have you started to branch out into that? I have, I've done, um, I've uploaded my email, email list, targeted my website and also created lookalike audiences for various, um, pages and, and audiences. So it's done well. I get a good click through rate rate with it, but not as many impressions with it. So it's, okay. I think, I think the um, 
jury's still out on terms of sales with it. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I would agree with you. I feel like the jury's still out on a lot of things that are happening <laughs> with the pins right now. There's um, just a whole lot of confusion. And I just saw today, actually, that they released uh, promoted videos. I actually just read that article yeah. before you and I hopped on. And I know it's only available to those who probably have a large advertising budget, but it's something to be thinking about in the future with how popular videos are. Mm-hmm. Um, for those wondering, and I'm curious too, what is your favorite favorite image program that you use to create pinnable images? Um, so those who create resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, um, most people use PowerPoint to create their resources and images for things. I actually use Keynote on a Mac, which is similar to PowerPoint, and I create all of my images in Keynote. Um, Interesting. Okay. I know. It sounds backward, but it actually really works well because each component and each kind of layer within the image is its own piece and you can... Um, use your own fonts on your computer, use your own images, and just um, construct it without having the constraints of an online program. And then it's all yours. You don't have to, uh, I don't know, keep reinventing Yeah, and you're not wheel. paying for a program too. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, I know you can get Canva and PicMonkey for free, but you're very limited when it comes to fonts mm-hmm. and the layouts. So yeah. this gives you a little more freedom. That's pretty cool. And one of the tricks that I've done over the past couple of years is created a template file. So I have a file that is the right size that I use for my blog and for Pinterest. And um, all of the images in it kind of have a similar look and feel with the um the logo on it or um, the fonts that I use or the images. So it's really easy just to create a new page within that template file and create a new uh, image. And not only is that easy for you, but it's very, very good for branding Mm -hmm. and very good for people recognizing your products and becoming familiar with you. I know that we did a study about a year ago looking at if there was any change in, um, Pinterest accounts that use branded images or consistent look. And we found that there was. And so it's a very smart and smart business time saver for you to do it that way. What kind of tips would you give a new teachers pay teachers seller that's trying to use Pinterest? Maybe one or two. This is where you should start. Um, I think it would be taking good photos of your product um, in action and then creating good pinnable images using those photos. So making sure that the focus of the image is the product itself um, and not something that's so, I don't know, extraneous that they can't see what it is that you're talking about within the image. Um, That's one piece of it for products. But I think the other piece of it as well is creating good content that supports the product. So creating good blog posts, creating good... um, Pinterest images that go along with that good content. And it's not just so focused on the product, but also the um, teaching of the concepts behind the product. Mm. So kind of giving it life. Yes, exactly. It's a really good one. Um, Any other thoughts about promoted pins, kind of what you're going to be working on in the next, you know, couple of months, I guess, that we could watch you and follow you? I think it's just an all it's just a big experimentation. I'm always tweaking and changing and trying new things and figuring out what works and deciding something doesn't and stopping it. Um, So for me, it's just continuing on with the experiment of uh, promoted pins. 
I love that. That is such an encouragement to me and I hope to other people too, because this is just one big experiment. And one of the biggest things that are one of the um, exciting things that I thought about when talking to you was that you were experimenting, like you weren't afraid to jump in with both feet and just start messing around with the platform and seeing what you could do with it. And that is where I think we see such a great amount of growth is when we do experiment and we come across those aha moments of something that works. Mm -hmm. And Pinterest itself is like that, but promoted pins is like that a lot now with being so new. So I just really appreciate you sharing your story of how you're using it for products and the way you've been really brave to set a really low CPC and let things run and that you have 15 promoted pins. It's really cool and um, exciting to hear. So I just appreciate that you yeah, sharing you're that. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on here. You bet. So if people want to find you and they want to, especially if they're a fellow Teachers Pay Teachers newbie or somebody who just wants to really get into Pinterest, where can they find you? My website is the best place to find me. It's whatihavelearnedteaching.com, and it will give you the links to everything else that I have out there. Yes, and for sure visit Jessica's Pinterest page because you want to see what she's doing there and how she's growing her page and the images that she's been using as well. And so, um, yeah, thanks again. We really appreciate it. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to visit the blog post and leave a comment. All right, have a great day, Jessica. Thank you. You too. This episode has inspired me to really take the leap and experiment with promoted pins for a long period of time to see how it can really drive more traffic. I hope that you'll follow Jessica on her website, check her out on Pinterest and really see what she's doing to see if you can really take away some good tools that you can use for your promotion. Go ahead and go to simplepinmedia.com slash 19 to find all the links in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I would love it if you would leave a review in iTunes. Mm-hmm.